0: Welcome to Santa Fe College. My name is Vilma Fuentes, and this is our podcast, Developing Global Citizens. Today, we're going to explore the long-standing relationship between Santa Fe College and partners in Sweden. I am joined today by uh, Professor of Sociology, Douglas Diko, and uh, four special guests from Sweden.
1: Pernilla Tolgfors.
0: Emma Aldirian.
2: Marcus Nordén. Mm-hmm. Magnus Rieseby.
0: Wonderful. And um, Santa Fe has been working closely with uh, colleagues in Sweden for over a decade now. Doug, t- tell us about this. Like, how did this all start?
3: It um, it actually began with nobody in this room. Um, <laughs> it began in 2007. Um, one of at the time Magnus's colleagues, Nigel McGowan Smith, reached out to myself and Naïma um, Brown. Uh, in terms of establishing some kind of a collaboration. And
0: Dr. Naima Brown was a professor of sociology at the time. Exactly. Today she serves as a vice president for student affairs. Exactly. Okay.
3: And so I had just become department chair and was not teaching. So I was not able to do that. And so Naima jumped on it. And Naima and Nigel began this collaboration. And then over time, I believe, Nigel then brought in Magnus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then when Naima became vice president... Uh, she said, we need to keep this going. Can you take it on? And I said, most definitely. And so three times a semester, we would connect on Skype and connect one of our classes. Um, And then over time, Nigel stepped away, and it became just Magnus and I.
0: So um, I think what you're describing is what today a lot of people call virtual exchanges, um, like an international virtual exchange at some institutions, like at the State University of New York or even Florida International University, they call it COIL, Collaborative Online International Learning, I think it's called. Uh, so, so explain to me how this works. So you, is it just you and Magnus working and talking to each other alone?
3: or No, it's, it's actually our students talking to each other. Um, we began initially on Skype. And so I would take my students to a computer lab, and we would log on to all these accounts, and then we would connect, and they would talk individually.
0: And now there's a big time difference, though, between Sweden and Florida. Mm-hmm. How, what did, how did you make that work out?
3: Initially, I was teaching an 8 a.m. class, um, which would put it at 2 p.m. in Sweden.
0: So there's a significant time difference between Sweden and Florida. So how how is this working out?
3: Um usually means that we go early. And they go late. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. uh-huh. Like <laughs> how early is early? Um, I was always connecting with an 8 a.m. class. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had one class every semester. At the time, we were doing it on Wednesday mornings. Um, and so my, I taught a class on Monday and Wednesday at 8 a.m. And at the time, we were doing three meetings a semester. Mm-hmm. And so we would pick those dates, and we would come in, um, and I would set my students up, and he would have his students set up. Um, and then the other thing that we would do is we would switch students yeah. in and out, mm-hmm. so that Santa Fe students and Sweet- Swedish students were talking to more than one of their counterparts Got in you. the other country.
0: So, um, Magnus, mm-hmm. on your end, were are you were you teaching sociology? Are you a sociology teacher?
2: Uh, No, not really a sociology teacher. Uh, I teach uh, civics, Mm -hmm. and that's a part of that subject in in Sweden. So it's uh, very much the the same issues we we address. Um, uh, Society, um, uh, views on on crime, um, and uh, family values, and and things like that. So it's uh, pretty much the, the same, I'd say.
0: So it's interesting, because that's uh, an interdisciplinary collaboration. It doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. so it sounds like sociologist with sociologist. It can be Mm -hmm. a sociologist with a civics or government professor. What do you do about that, Magnus? Do your students speak in Swedish? Uh,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the American students sure want to hear (laughs) some (laughs) Swedish words. And they pick up some. Uh, Not always the best words, maybe. But uh, no, they speak, uh, our students are kind of fluent in English.
0: Do how how long have they studied English?
2: They start in sc- Swedish schools uh, in grade three.
0: Wonderful. And and Doug, on your end, do your students uh, decide to start learning Swedish? Do they pick up on a few words, or what happens?
3: There have been some that that have explored it. Um, they're very they're fascinated by the language because um, you know it's so very different than anything that they've ever been exposed to.
0: Um, so. So you said, Doug, that you were starting, everybody would get together at 8 a.m. in one computer room. Mm -hmm. So what happened when COVID hit?
3: When COVID hit, it was actually, I hate to say this, but beneficial for us um, because we started using Zoom. And so I created a Zoom room and everybody would come into that room and then I would create breakout rooms. Mm -hmm. And logistically, it would be like, okay, Swedish students, when I put you in a room, stay there. Um, Santa Fe students, I'm going to put you in a room when you feel that you're ready for a change come back to the main room and then I'll put you in another room And so I would switch people around so that they would have the experience and instead of being one-on-one, we would have like groups of four or five, mm-hmm. um, like two or three Swedish students and two or three Santa Fe students um, and that's how we've continued to mm-hmm. do it um, we currently do it five times a semester and one of the things that is extremely beneficial for me is Magnus has expanded it on his end and brought in his colleagues. And so I don't meet with Magnus five times a semester. I meet with him maybe once. And then I meet with Emma and I meet with Marcus. um, And then another colleague of theirs, Sirpa, um, who I met with a week ago. And I'm going to meet again this Monday, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So when you say you're so, uh, Emma and Marcus, I'd love to turn to you. So when you're saying you are meeting with Emma and Marcus, it's really, it sounds like it's more you're meeting with their students. Correct. Okay. So Emma and Marcus, tell us about this from your perspective. So you came in during COVID
4: or after COVID? I actually think it was a little before COVID, I okay. would say. But yeah, mostly during the pandemic. And what do you teach? Uh, I teach civics and I teach English as well. Okay. And you, Marcus? I teach
5: English uh, mostly and some Chinese and media as well. But English is the reason why we're speaking with our American friends. And they also uh, get a feel for uh, what it means to be an American because they talk about the American students, they ask questions about Swedish life and culture. And then, of course, the Swedish students will ask the American students as well. So there's uh, sort of an exchange there of uh, ideas. And uh, how things are in these two different countries. So, it's, it's really beneficial for our students as well in terms of language and culture.
0: So, one of the, a couple of the things that we're trying to do at Santa Fe is help our students gain global knowledge and also develop intercultural competence. Um, do you think your students on both
4: sides are accomplishing that? Yeah, definitely, I think. I think they learn a lot during these meetings and they grow as individuals and many of them stay in touch with people that they talk to during the Zoom calls as well. Uh, So for for some of them it's only a a 30 minute experience, but for quite a few of them they exchange social media accounts and they start talking to each other and they keep on learning even after the class Mm -hmm. has ended. Give me
0: examples of things that our students on either end have learned that was surprising or shocking to them.
3: Well, one of the things that I deliberately... For my students, they have a project associated with each Zoom session, and so I give them a task, and they need to gather information. And all the projects are focused around a social policy issue that Sweden has and that we have. And I deliberately choose ones that are very different. Mm -hmm. um, Because I would actually agree with you that there are a lot of similarities between the United States and Sweden, but then I would also say from a social policy perspective, there are tremendous differences. And so, for example, one of the projects that I do is I have them look at gun control Mm -hmm. and mass shootings and what is gun control like in Sweden and what is gun, and then compare that to gun control in the United States. And one of the things that they find out is that in Sweden, you have to have a reason to own a gun. And the only reasons are hunting, collecting, or if you're a competitive um, sharpshooter. Um, if you were to go in and say, "I want a gun for protection," you would be told no.
0: So you can't walk into an IKEA store no, and buy no, no, a gun. No. no,
3: but you can walk into a Walmart, correct, and then buy a gun, correct. And um, yeah, <laughs> and so then they they also ask about mass shootings. And um, none of the Swedish students can ever remember there being a mass shooting in Sweden. Um, and, and then our students also ask, what is their opinion of what's going on here? And so very much a learning curve, I think, for both sides, because the Swedish students are also shocked. Um, you know, our students, many of them will ask, you know, have you ever seen a gun? And most of the Swedish students are like, yeah, no. And that just blows the minds of the Santa Fe students. Um, one later on, one project later on that, that I'm going to have them do, and Marcus, you'll be very interested in this, yeah. is I'm going to ask them to talk about the political systems in each country and particularly what are the Swedes' perspectives on what is happening here right now, um, particularly with the, um, the January 6th insurrection and all that has happened after that. Um, And so they're gonna be exploring that. Um, I also, um, gosh, what else? Oh, I also have them look at poverty. What does it mean to be poor in the United States and what does it mean to be poor um, in Sweden? We've talked about gender um, before as well. Um, I think there was one semester we were actually also talking, I can't remember, talking about possibly adolescent sexuality Mm -hmm. and perspectives on sexuality for teenagers in Sweden versus the United States. Also looking at pregnancy pregnancy rates. Um, we have one of the highest teen pregnancy rates in the world. Sweden has one of the lowest.
0: So Emma and Marcus, I'm curious. For So tell me about your students, and what do they tell you about these issues or others?
4: Well, just like Doug said, they're kind of surprised, because they think as well that, well, the US and Sweden were, were kind of similar. They know about the gun control things, Uh, so those things. Some, I I mean, some of uh, the aspects will surprise them, but they also hear quite a few things in the news. But then other things, when it comes to, for instance, sexuality, uh, teen pregnancy, or family values, etc., they're more surprised than they're. They're shocked because they think that well, they expect the U.S. to be like Sweden and vice versa. So give me
0: an example of like uh, something that your students have been shocked at or perhaps that any of you have been shocked at during your visit here in Florida.
1: Well, there are lots of, I think, common challenges that we have if we think of global citizens. And one area where we try to teach uh, and uh, live sustainability is uh, a very, very interesting topic And uh, there, I think, sometimes we're surprised by all the one-time utensils that we are exposed to when we're here. Because quite recently, there is a law in Sweden that we cannot use the plastic uh, forks, for instance. You can't have plastic forks or utensils? No. So what do you use? Well, you have to be inventive and and come up with new ideas. And that's uh, where it takes new entrepreneurs uh, that we're trying to educate to come up with new ideas because the global warming and the challenge when it comes to our climate, we need to do something about it. So we need good
0: problem-solving students. So what has Sweden done if you don't have plastic forks? Are you going back to like... Metal or silver or what are you using in a in like quick cafes or restaurants?
2: I'd say different kind. Um, lots of bamboo. Um, okay. I think they use uh, even paper. Um, paper forks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> paper even forks. Uh, some special corn. Mm-hmm uh uh-huh. in a way i don't know how it works but <laughs> it works apparently so uh,
1: one inventive uh, thing that just came up at a young entrepreneurship fair that i went to was an ice cream spoon made out of a biscuit huh. so you could actually eat the, the ice cream with <laughs> the spoon and then you could <laughs> eat the spoon i
0: love it that's, <laughs> that's a great idea okay um and so this uh, virtual exchange so what happens at the end of the semester like that so i've heard it's over that's it um you know is there anything any follow-up afterward
3: um usually I i process with my students throughout the semester and so after every session the next class period one of the very first things i do is say let's talk about what you found out i mean they're writing about it but i also want them to have an open discussion with each other and and with me about what they found out um, the other thing too is we also use it as a means to recruit um, because starting in 2014 i started leading a group of students every year over there on a study abroad trip um, and so you know for students who have gone through the class it's a great opportunity for them to actually then go over and meet and spend time with these people that they've talked to um, and so we use that as a means to encourage students um, to continue their affiliation and to continue <laughs> to remain engaged.
0: What do the S- Swedish students say when these American college students show up?
3: They're quite uh, okay. Yeah, sorry. No, no, no please, no,
0: go go Marcus. Oh,
5: they're uh, happy to meet them and uh, uh, talk with them, and also practice their English and just uh, hang out. Um, I think that's most uh, your experience from this, Magnus. Is yeah, that
2: yeah. They they love it. They are yeah. really. Um, they like to hang out with the American students, um, so and and we uh, emphasize that. I we really like them to become friends. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a big thing.
4: And they enjoy taking them out and showing them the town and showing what's typical Swedish, etc. And I think they also learn quite a bit about their own country in that way because they need to reflect on things that are Swedish that perhaps they have never thought of before. Like what? Uh, well, anything from, like, cultural habits, uh, everything from how we greet people, like, that we don't use uh, Mr. or Mrs., or it could be anything, sort of. So how do you greet people? You. <laughs> <laughs> you? Yeah, we're not that over polite, so either we just say your name or it's uh, you, simply, so. Like, hey, you? Sort <laughs> of. <laughs> okay.
3: One, one other example to add on to that is the last time that I took students over was in 2019.
0: Right before the pandemic.
3: Right before the pandemic. And um, we always build in a lot of free time in the afternoon to give them unstructured opportunities to engage with the students from Sweden. And when in 2019, a Swedish student approached and said, can I invite them to my house for dinner tonight? And I said, of course. And so we had six students that year. They all went over um, to the Swedish student's house. And they actually showed me a video later. Um, The student gave them a crash course in what you do on Swedish holidays. Um, and so they were out in the backyard and different dances and, you know, different, <laughs> uh, yeah. And basically gave them a crash course that this is what we do on all these, hol- all these holidays. Um, midsummer was mm-hmm. a big one.
2: Yeah, I think they did uh, <laughs> Midsummer, uh, they did uh, uh, Christmas, and they did uh, uh, Easter um, so kind of holiday. Midsummer,
0: when somebody says Midsummer, I'm thinking about Shakespeare. What, it, what do you do in Sweden in Midsummer?
5: We raise a big pole, and then we uh, put flowers on that pole, and then we <laughs> dance around it. <laughs> Jump around sounds like p- frogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because summer is here. <laughs> yeah, yes.
5: celebrating uh, seeing the sun again. And of course, we, uh, we eat and drink a lot as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that sounds like a great holiday. Yeah. So the four of you have been here for about a week, and you've been vis- visiting and meeting lots of administrators and faculty and students. You've gone to different parts of the college why are you here we already have a relationship
5: well uh, we want to broaden it and uh, make it deeper and uh, so that's why we're here and uh, during these uh, four or five days i think we have uh, found uh, many new people that we can cooperate with Uh, among them uh, uh, thomas uh, maple in media and we were uh, uh, over at the Blount hall and uh, we met some business teachers. What was his name again? Uh, Jake Searcy. Right. He's so one, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Wow. Uh, and I, so, um, and business, why do you have a special interest in business? Yes, uh, the school we're where that we're
1: representing is called Torien Business School. It's a high school in Sweden, and there are actually 14 of them spread out all over Sweden we focus on training future entrepreneurs and leaders. So while our students are with us in Sweden, we try to um, make them practice different skills that they need in order to become leaders and entrepreneurs. So they start uh, their own company their third year, their last year when they're with us. And uh, that's a big thing. And we see that you do a lot of things um, similar to what we do. And we think that th- there are very many possibilities for us to work together in different
0: ways. So I know, Earl, a few days ago you visited our business department. You met a lot of business uh, students, faculty, community leaders. Uh, You also visited our Center for Innovation and Economic Development. Uh, You met Trenton Hightower, I believe. Uh, Did you learn anything new that you didn't know, anything that uh, seemed interesting to you?
5: I think we were just quite impressed by the building and sort of the the fact that you have uh, an incubator Mm -hmm. uh, attached to the college. So the students sort of pass by the incubator, then they go up to the second floor and third floor and learn about business while business is actually in the building. So I think that's something we would like to have in the future, perhaps. Who knows?
1: Yeah, and it was very inspiring last night when we went to the local farmer's market and met some of your entrepreneurs. Uh, Our graduates. (laughs) Yes. Uh, We had very nice kombucha that they have Uh. made, and they were also people who we have met in Sweden. Yeah, students that travel to Sweden with you, Doug. Yes. Yes. Uh, And we also uh, met some uh, local entrepreneurs here from Gainesville the other night when we had a panel discussion with students from the business department and local entrepreneurs. And uh, we just passed by The Knot, uh, a climbing gym. And one of the owners from that, Uh, took part in the Uh panel discussion.
0: So I'm guessing that the owner uh, who started the rock climbing gym probably started his business in the Seed, maybe? So you met, so in other words, you met in practice people that graduated from our business school and are now local entrepreneurs or people that incubated at the seed and are now doing their business that's super cool so are are you hoping to expand into business in particular like do uh, what are you thinking virtual
4: exchanges with business students or do you have something else in mind well we're open for uh, a lot of different things and of course we hope to expand it to also include uh, business in our collaboration uh, but we also hope to do joint projects perhaps within other subjects as well so i would love for instance uh, and magnus here as well to do something within uh, the subject of civics. And we're also hoping to bring some of the context uh, info, or the info from context with us to Sweden and share with our colleagues as well. And so the I guess a final question I have for all of you
0: is why is this important? Why um, Why should any professor want to even invest time in this? Why should a student participate in this? What do they stand to gain?
2: Everything. They 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 gain everything. Uh I mean uh traveling um to another country, meet another culture, uh no matter if you go uh, in person or you meet over the internet. It's a it's a great opportunity to uh reflect upon yourself and your own culture, but also the similarities and differences to, to another person's culture. And and that meeting, is it's like magic. It's mm-hmm. Everything happens in, in that meeting. And and the, I think that's in the most important thing with all of this uh, collaboration.
3: It, um, it, I just think it just is so, such an amazing learning experience for students. You know, my perception when I teach is that we are an extremely extremely ethnocentric culture. Um, we think our way is the only way, we think our way is the best way. Um, and it is just illuminating for students to be able to see that there is something so different that's working. Um, because their assumption is that it, that it wouldn't. Um, you know, as, as Emma was saying, through the virtual, we see students building these relationships and maintaining those relationships. We also see that with the stru- study abroad. Through the years, I can't even begin to count the number of students that have gone over there with me who have then returned mm-hmm. on their own to visit friends or hosted their friends over here. And so those relationships you know, have maintained um, some of them for seven, eight years at this point.
0: Uh, actually, I think you all met the director of our Institute of Public Safety, Tom Ackerman. So that goes even farther because I think uh, years, maybe decades ago, Tom uh, studied the Swedish policing system, I think. Was, uh, and yeah. now, what, what What does he do with it now? How does that impact our work? Did he tell you? Yeah, that was very surprising
1: because uh, the fantastic... Uh, Facilities that they now have created here were uh, inspired by hi- his visit that he did many years ago to the Swedish Police Academy. And uh, not maybe everything there, but uh, that they actually put uh, real-life situations or true the
0: situations. The simulation, the real... Okay, yeah, the simulator things.
1: Yeah, mm. so things that he saw there developed Mm. his thinking and thoughts and uh, vision how he could create something here and now that was he said that he thought sweden was 10 years ahead when he visited and now i think you're definitely 15 years ahead of us (laughs) so it it takes uh, jumps like that i think that we inspire each other in different aspects and we need to meet people from different parts of the world. We need to communicate. And uh, that's more important than ever, I think.
0: Well, thank you all for everything that you do. Thank you to our Swedish friends for visiting us. Uh, thank the you. We, thank you. some thank you of you. us from Santa Fe, look forward to visiting you and seeing the magic happen. Great. Great. You're okay, welcome. welcome.